Um, anyway, from the studies, we have a couple of takeaways. <clears throat> first things first, three fingers might be better than two. <laughs> back welcome to the chemist confessions podcast a human conversation on all the skincare science we talk about i'm victoria and i'm gloria and today we are all about sunscreens oh um, it's gonna be a really big one yeah today we want to focus on just getting everybody ready for the summer season that means we want to make sure everyone knows how to apply it everyone knows how to shop for it <gasps> everyone's found their sunscreen love <gasps> So many good things. Okay, so anyways. Things. <laughs> All right, let's get right into it. First things first, just a few nice words from our um from people who buy our products. All right. Starting with the Blank Slate Gel Cleanser. Um, the title is Extremely Effective but Non-Stripping Cleanser. Um, this person writes, I have tested hundreds of products but struggled to find a cleanser that removes sunscreen and makeup completely, but without stripping the skin or being too foamy. This is the perfect gel with a light lather, and after cleansing, I do not need to do a double cleanse. Everything has already been removed, including eye makeup. My new go-to cleanser. Yay! Yay! Thank you so much. This is everything that we were hoping to aim for totally. while we were formulating. So yeah, it's seriously. super exciting to hear out of our customer's mouth. And honestly, it was a lofty goal for us to, to hit, totally. especially... The eye makeup bit. Mm -hmm. um, I will say on me, I use this Japanese brand mascara. That is the Satan of mascara. Heroin makeup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it, it will go on. It will look great. It will last well. It will not come off. Uh, that is the only thing that I cannot remove with blank slate. But everything else, yeah, makes double cleansing optional for me. That's the one that requires like a their special remover, right? Yeah. And I'll be honest, I don't really use it. I just like double cleanse and then double cleanse and then say that's good enough. But it's, it's not. Honestly, there's still residue on it. Crazy. <laughs> All right. The second one uh, features our Baby Steps Exfoliation Treatment, which actually won a Birdie Award recently, which we're so proud of. Um, and the title is Love This. And this person says, I tried to use retinol with an A and it destroyed my skin barrier and inflamed my face. Mm. I feel like this has helped me get back to where I was prior to the retinol usage. Mm. My skin is dry and sensitive to actives and exfoliants, but this stuff is gentle enough for me. It really helps with texture, and I feel as though my acne doesn't mm. inflame as intense. MPIH is better. Awesome. I don't have a consistent way I use this product. <laughs> I just really listen to my skin. I love that. Yeah. If it's more sensitive and red, I use it once a week as a mask. It's been handling the products and climate well, then I use a, uh, use a drop nightly. I love that. It's so versatile. Yeah. No, this is awesome. And uh, Gloria's absolutely right. The line where she's like, I don't have a consistent way I use is kind of the magical words we wanted to hear when mm -hmm. we created it we always wanted to give the control back to users when we make these formulas that they use you guys know your skin best you guys know how to use these formulas best we just give you these tools and so what she means by that with baby steps is there's actually two ways where you can add a drop to your serum step as a nightly treatment or do a wash off mask just once a week for more highly potent but minimalistic experience um so again another great review that just like captures everything 
Yeah, and I did want to highlight from this review uh, uh, that she mentioned the right now, right now usage. Yeah. In the previous episode, in the Q&A, we got the question of whether or not right now really is stronger than right now. Yeah. On the flip side of that, we see a lot of right now with an A. The products claim that it's the more gentle form of right now. Crazy. It absolutely is not. Crazy. <laughs> Proceed with a lot of caution. For sure. And finally, as just a foil review to Baby Steps, uh, we have one on Gold Standard. The title is Strong But Not Stingy. Um, And this person writes, I really love the texture of this treatment. It's almost like a thin honey consistency. Actually, that's a better marketing description than we make. A lot of high strength. (laughs) Thank you. A lot of high strength AHAs have caused me stinging and redness or redness, but this doesn't. It's very comfortable for the 10 minutes I leave it on. Lovely. Awesome. I love acids, and this is my go to too on most days or unless I'm on. Uh, um, unless I'm re-entering a retinal run and in that case I'll dial back down to a baby steps totally and just to end our nice words we always want to say thank you to those who leave us reviews we do not incentivize or pay for any of these reviews we also always ask if they'd kindly leave their routine so that users that are curious about our products can learn more especially for their specific skin types as a thank you to you guys for always listening to this um, please use the promo code ccpodcast2023 to get 15% off your first order. Yeah, and um, we will come out with new incentives for our podcast listeners <laughs> and new gifts, but yeah, for now, stay the CC Podcast 2023. <laughs> yes, right on. Interesting minis or whatever. telling this to Victoria to remember for next week. Also a self-reminder, but um, the meat is dense and chewy this time, yeah. so it's time to just get right into the meat. Let's do it! All right. <clears throat> this is so exciting. We did the test. <laughs> we did the test, we did the math, we did everything. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we get a lot of questions on how to apply sunscreen correctly. And I know we've done quite a few episodes where we talk about most people underapply sunscreen, therefore more is more, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And you'll see on the internet suggestions like the two-finger rule or the quarter teaspoon rule. Sure. So it's time for us to break it all down. Are those rules legit? What does that really <laughs> mean? And if you're using different types of sunscreen, can you, what kind of, do the Anything rules to think about? Yeah, yeah, totally. So yes, quick reminder here is all sunscreens are tested on a weight per area basis. Yes. What this means is, is it doesn't matter if it's tested under the ISO 24444 or the FDA guideline. Yep. Every sunscreen test out there uses two milligrams per centimeter square as a test. So it's a, by a weight ratio. What that means is when you're getting an actual product, the density, how much you're using, volume-wise, how does it look, it kind of doesn't matter. You need to weigh it to see if you're using enough. And this can introduce a lot of variabilities when it comes to different formula types. Totally. For example, if you think about a very light fluid, you know, versus a spray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of that is actually by weight, which makes you want to think, especially for things like sprays. Holy crap. Wait, that definitely changes up the way we apply, right? Yes. And you're absolutely right. So... We did some tests. Yes. So the quarter teaspoon teaspoon guideline is supposed to help you gauge how much sunscreen you need for your face and neck area. Mm-hmm. 
But obviously not a lot of people travel with a quarter teaspoon in their pocket. No one has a spoon in their bag. And mm -hmm. no one's weighing out sunscreen like that. So then the interwebs came up with the two finger rule to as a good estimation for mm -hmm. to get you that quantity. Mm -hmm. But does it actually pan out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so and I think the thing that we thought would be best, and we actually did this last year, was, you know, does the two finger rule hold up? And we actually compare that to a quarter teaspoon measurement. And initially when we did this study, we actually did, um, it was me and my husband and my brother. So think about the various hands. Um, and in that two finger rule, we realized um, even for a male hand, it wasn't enough. And then that's how we decided that the three finger rule makes a lot more sense. But this is just, you know, kind of all relative to fingers, but what about actual like face area? So this is where we dug a, lead a little deeper this time. Yes. So we first looked into literature out there. So totally. statistically speaking, how much surface area do we really have in the face and neck area? Totally. And mind you, we had to Frankenstein a bunch of data points. This is not, not all dedicated to sunscreens. Um, so, you know, there was a dictionary of anatomy that has a general rule of thumb that, you know, the surface area of a male is about... 18,000 centimeters square. This is of the whole body. And a woman's is 16. Really big face. <laughs> yeah, you're looking at, what, 36 grams of sunscreen? I'm going to say. So 16,000 centimeters squared for a woman's full body of skin, right? And then in a study that was actually more about um, looking at chemical contamination in uh, the what? yeah chemical <laughs> contamination in a an auto mechanic industry somehow I was not expecting those words yes somehow I found this really wonderful chart that actually broke down the percentages of body part surface per area so for face and neck they actually have about 5.5 percent of that surface area face is 3.5 neck is two percent right and so Again, this is what I mean by Frankensteining data points. Through this, if you do a little bit of math, for the woman, for a female, you're looking at about, for a total of just for face, it's about 1.12 grams, whereas for face and neck is 1.76 grams. So just going to leave those stats here as just like a reference so that you guys have an idea of like, these are the kind of numbers Gordon and I are trying to look for and compare to give us a sense of how much we would need. Um, in terms of sunscreen. Yes. And then the second method that we decided to do is just try to guesstimate or kind of calculate out the rough areas of my face and my neck yeah. as two reference points. Totally. So this method is <clears throat> called the Gloria method because <laughs> I made it up all by Publication myself. to follow soon. <laughs> the neck is pretty simple. I just measure the yeah. circumference around my neck, the length, and multiply those two together. You get the area. For my face, I did a very rough calculation. I measured the widest part of my head, get that circumference, and calculate the equivalent surface area of a sphere mm -hmm. and say, my face is probably one third of that, given that there's some um, extra divots, raises on the face, and it's more oblong than it is perfectly spherical. I say one third is probably fair of the, <laughs> of the sphere. So using this method, what that means is if we're talking about sunscreen for just my face, using the two milligram per centimeter square, that means I need about 0.66 gram, 6, grams for my face mm. and 1.2 grams-ish for my face and neck mm. at minimum. 
This is assuming that I did my calculations. It's okay, but those are just references to keep in mind as we get right into the data. Yeah, and I think right out of the gate, just looking at these numbers, I think the thing that really got me was the neck amount based on the literature, mm-hmm. because that was, it came out to be about like 1.76. I'm like, that's a lot. And think about it from 1.12 for face to 1.76. I'm like, quite a big surface area for neck, but. I do realize, like, I never sunscreen the back of my neck, (laughs) which is really crappy. But I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that that does make more sense. For me, it's more like I I start going to details of, like, average neck girth. Do I have a girthy neck? Is it not girthy? (laughs) I don't really know. Is my neck to face ratio normal? (laughs) Your Google starts getting really interesting. What if I'm a race car driver? My neck is white as hell. What do I do then? No, such a good point. Okay, so, yeah, so now it's time to put those numbers into an actual sense and application. Yep, like Victoria mentioned, we run, we ran this test across a lot of different sunscreen mm-hmm. formats to see kind of where everything falls. And we did the quarter teaspoon measurement. We did an application with just me using uh, the two-finger method and Victoria using two-finger method to see user error in this. Now, this is N equals the two of us. Mm-hmm. So take it with a grain of salt, but we just really want to highlight our results and what this might mean for you. Yeah, and I think um, right off the bat, there are a couple takeaways here, and we'll start with kind of the more traditional formulas, the fluids, the and we actually tested a variety. So we have our thin fluid, the pure UV. Mm-hmm. Um, we also tested two in particular, and we'll tell you why. One had to have a very, very tiny orifice. I don't know if you can see that. You can't see it because it's that small. There. (laughs) (laughs) Why are we using the niche? (laughs) (laughs) And then we wanted to find a sunscreen that had a much bigger orifice, which you can definitely see in this one. Yes. Right. And we wanted to know, you know, does the orifice size matter? Sorry, guys, the lingo is very odd. This episode <laughs> is going to be a long list of, that's what she said, Joe's. <laughs> does orifice size matter? Uh, so first up, liquidy formulas is probably not that great for two finger rolls because it don't stay on the finger very well. Yeah, I think uh, we'll show a video here of the Bior fluid and you just see how the fluid loves to rather go into the creases of your fingers than stay on the finger. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So as you can see here from the the red dotted line, I call it uh, a min. This is based on my calculation, a rough estimation of my face area, Mm -hmm. where the green line is targeted for face and neck area. Mm -hmm. And you'll see that when we weigh out the quarter uh, quarter teaspoon, the two fluid formulas, the Murad dropper formula and the Biore lotion, it all tips over the um, the face and neck amount needed. And it's actually pretty close. Yeah. But as you can see in the orange bar, which is me using the two finger rule, and versus the gray bar, which is Victoria using the two finger rule on these two very fluid formulas, you will see that we are well below the red line, which means <laughs> it is barely enough. But no, it's not even enough for just your face to get the advertised amount of protection. Definitely not good enough. Yep. Uh, so next, the two more standard lotion-y formulas with the two orifice sizes. You will see that this is kind of a <laughs> dense formula because in the quarter teaspoon um, yeah. measurement, it tips way over the green line. Yeah, in fact, you know, of the two... 
um, products, the one with the bigger orifice, you would think would have more of the sunscreen, more weight. Um, but in fact, it's not the case. The Laneige one actually had a huge amount. And then, but when Gloria and I actually tried the two finger method, it was the Laneige one with a smaller orifice that we did terribly on. We're yeah. nowhere near that. So when you do the two finger rule, just remember, guys, the goal is to cover thy finger. <laughs> <laughs> totally. No, you'll see in the video here, it's, you know, the way it comes out, it's a beautiful skinny line. Yeah. And this is where, you know, I think one of the takeaways in our previous experiment was like, you want to apply like a like a crispy cream glazed donut, mm -hmm. you know, you want more. And so uh, that would be the general idea if you are using the two finger method. On the flip side, orifice size matters. Totally. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, the discrepancy is pretty big. And I will say when I was applying it, the point is to kind of see how you would naturally do it. Yeah. So I wasn't very cognizant of trying to use extra, but yeah. I wasn't skimping on purpose either. I yeah. just applied the two finger rule as is and boy, was it a sad amount of sunscreen. Yeah, but for the, you know, the Kroger Supergoop knockoff, um, we were definitely much closer to that quarter teaspoon amount. I definitely even went overboard. Mm -hmm. Just, um, I will say that is not my favorite formula. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, it does come out a little thick. <laughs> yeah, like applied, like, great. I hit the application amount, but I looked at it and I was like, I don't think I want to put this on my face. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Next category of products that we find to be really interesting is the UV mousses. We're starting to see it a little bit more in certain niche brands yeah. like the whip sunscreen that seems very viral just because of its whipping, um, whipping styling, and also the brand Evie, who was so kind to send us the samples for Thanks us to trial. Um, for us, we didn't really know how to gauge this one <laughs> because even though you see two bars here representing the uh, the quarter teaspoon, we will say that I don't that just ignore that number a little bit because you'll see in the little screenshot here of us trying to squeeze this yeah. and fit it into a teaspoon it didn't it didn't want to do that also imagine trying to two finger a foam <laughs> that's like, what she said <laughs> <laughs> imagine trying to place a foam sunscreen on two fingers god thank damn you, it Gloria <laughs> <laughs> not very easy so i really liked um in this one we we definitely had to modify a little bit and this one we got a little unconventional because um when gloria watched me try to do the foam method on my finger she was like that's not working for me you know what's fascinating so victoria went first you'll see her gray bar on the yeah. ev moose super low amount because yeah. she has magical control with her index finger <laughs> and that foam actually came off her fingers and I went and the whole clump came out I was like I'm not doing the finger method yeah. but it worked out because Gloria was like nope that's not working for me I'm gonna use my palm as that instead and definitely would say it's a much better uh I would say a uh, much better measurement than trying to do two fingers here. Yeah, and I will say that was a pleasant surprise for the moose category because yeah. you'll see in the classic whip, which went after Evie, this one even Victoria gave up using the <laughs> finger method for. So we just mm. went with a quick dollop in the finger. Yeah, and we'll demo real fast. What I mean is like it doesn't. You don't even have to think about it a lot. You just went and about yay, yay much will come out into your palm. 
And that's all we did. We didn't really like, we weren't very strategic. We just kind of want to see how yeah. a normal person might apply it. And it was almost a pleasant surprise because visually, because it's Musify, I have no idea how much sunscreen I'm actually using. Yes. But it actually turns out to be very close to an equivalent of, um, uh, you'll see that it's over the green line. So it's definitely enough for your face and neck. Totally. So that was great. And we were definitely happy with the general mousse category, despite feeling like oh, this is very difficult to control. Mm. And now Gloria will sit here and palm foam <laughs> for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> I didn't think that through. I just wanted to hit them up for you guys. Cool. Afterwards, we were like, let's do a stick. I have a feeling it's going to be terrible. Yeah, so we decided to use the Kula Refreshing Water Hydration Stick, which is an SPF 50. And we'll say right off the gate, we were pleasantly surprised by the initial application of the stick. It was, It is cooling and definitely felt very light and powdery. But in terms of application purposes, we'll tell you right now, this was not great. No. So this is a type of format where obviously two-finger rule can go out the window and die because you're not going to sit there. (laughs) Please see the video of Victoria trying to do the two-finger method with a stick. Just glossing up her finger like, what am I doing? (laughs) What is happening? (laughs) So what we did here was we just looked in the mirror, which you should not apply this blind because I did trial that and I have no idea where the stick has been and where it has not been. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's a sunscreen <laughs> stick. Not so okay, whatever. <laughs> anyway, but we ran this uh, all over the face to what we think covers the whole face mm. and just like pat it in. And we measured the weight. <laughs> it is. We failed. 0.3. Not great. <laughs> Not great. That no. is about half of what you need for just face, never mind face and neck levels. Totally. So yeah. And, um, but the density of the stick is very comparable to other formats. We actually cut off a chunk and then measured it out in the quarter teaspoon level. Also about the 1.3, um, 1.3 mm-hmm. gram bar. But you're just by naturally the way you use a stick, you're not going yeah. to use 1.3 grams. Yeah. And we should also say we, you know, I think Gloria and I both knew that we weren't just we weren't going to apply enough. So we definitely tried to over apply yes. the stick. And that's when the texture just started getting really uncomfortable and kind of gross. So this is kind of the issue with sticks that we have. And so we would say of the formats, this is really not our favorite. No. Yeah. All right. So moving on. Sprays. All right. Last format that we trialed was the spray. We mm-hmm. used the Supergoop Defense Spray. It's interesting <laughs> to me because first of all, all most of the sprays, have a lot of alcohol content mm-hmm. and that brings down the density of the formula just a little bit. Yeah. So this is the only format you'll see that even the quarter teaspoon measurement is below that green yeah. length threshold That's for face point. and neck. Secondly, this is one with a lot of user error. Totally. <laughs> um, Victoria did her best with the two finger method on mm-hmm. this one. And uh, can confirm it. I should definitely note that I definitely tried to overcoat it because mm-hmm. I guarantee you may spray it thinking like, oh, that looks shiny and covered. But I definitely knew that I was just trying to drench the whole area. And this was over a sink because sprays are messy. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of that volume that's getting lost to elsewhere that's not your fingers. So I just feel like I don't really trust this measurement. And 
I think Gloria and I, when we've uh, ever talked about sunscreen sprays, we're always like, overspray. Yeah. You need to overspray. So this is one of those reasons why. And for me, <laughs> watching Victoria try to shinify her, drench her fingers, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. So what I typically do with spray sunscreen is to spritz into my hand a good yeah. amount. I see a very small puddle and then apply it to face and neck. So I did just that. And because we're doing the test, I feel like at this point in my head, I was like, this is not going to be enough. Let me try to really get a little puddle. So I have a good amount here, just enough before it drips off the side of my hand. And I measure that amount. And it is not good. It is a very low level. It is half of what you need for just face. And usually if I do that method, I am trying to apply for both face and neck. So I will say like, to me, this was almost mildly surprising because while I was expecting that it wouldn't be the uh, enough weight, I wasn't expecting it to be so much under, like on stick level low. Definitely. And I just think, you know, just look at the discrepancy of what Gloria and I did. It's so different that that should just tell you that that is the type of user error that you'll see with sunscreen sprays. You'll see like Reddit posts of husbands that show their backs after the beach because their wife just did a spray zigzag <laughs> down their back and suddenly now they have a tiger sunburn going on um, it's a choice <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's exactly why and why we always try to remind people when these are tested they're actually sprayed into hand to make sure that it is a controlled amount and that's exactly why this is the case. It's because there's so much user error involved in spraying. It's also why when you go to a beach and you're spraying in the wind, you know, just make it a little more targeted, you know, yeah. try to apply on hand, make sure you're rubbing it in. Um, we'll get into this more later, but that's just one of those things. It's like sprays are, they seem so convenient. They feel mm. better. They're lighter. They're better when you're not sweating, you know, to think about reapplying another, you know, sunscreen lotion. But yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um, anyway, from the studies, we have a couple of takeaways. <clears throat> first things first, three fingers might be better than two. <laughs> That's what she said. You'll see from the chart that the liquidy formulas and the two more traditional um, yeah. gel cream formulas that come that you can apply two finger rules to. It's generally speaking under what you're thinking. Yeah, it might be okay enough for your face only. But you're still generally on the underside of it. So yeah. either you're really cognizant about coating your entire finger, yes. or you just add a third one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be mature about it. Damn it, Victoria. <laughs> yeah, no, I no, I was really gonna say, yeah, I think it's it's know how you apply it. I'm definitely one that's like like one line all the way down, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like there are people that are very good about being more liberal with that application. Yeah. So yeah, it's just that really matters. And as you can see, like I have slightly longer fingers than Gloria. (laughs) So which also explains, you know, how most of mine were a little bit higher than hers in terms of amount applied. So all of these things, there's, you know, personal factors in, but I think that is a good place to start. Yep. And the other tech uh, takeaway here is actually not quite on this chart, which is texture is still king here. Totally. So like Victoria kind of mentioned, the stick, you underapply and it doesn't feel good. So even if you know you're underapplying, to convince yourself to like go extra deep and add that extra layer, you're not going to want to do that. So it's not a great one. These mousse formulas, I will say between these two, they're both a little bit on the oily side. Yes. I'm okay with using it 
on my face and neck. But if you have oily skin or you don't like that film finish, even though these will give you the right weight of sunscreen to use, you might not want to. So that's another thing to consider. Definitely. So, you know, for me, I think um, I'm look for the fluids, you know, the Bior's. And I just am more willing to apply a little bit more of that versus trying to be very careful with something like this. Mm-hmm. And that should hopefully give you guys an idea of what to think about when you're applying sunscreen. Yep. So anyway, that was a hefty experiment that we ran. Um, hope you guys find this helpful. But hope you guys enjoyed all the application videos we took <laughs> <laughs> and all of the failures we had. <laughs> yeah, but it's time to... Break 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 Um, And they actually spend most of their time underground. You'll find them in the deserts. So snakes, for the most part, are generally nocturnal. So is this one. And they usually hunt around dusk when they'll start coming up to the surface of the sand. Um, But what makes them kind of interesting is that in order for them to be able to hunt just below the surface of sand, their eyes are actually on the tops of their head instead of the sides. Um, so you guys are probably thinking flounder kind of esque mm-hmm. look, and so I just couldn't resist, but had to show Gloria because I think this makes them the derpiest snake of all time. They actually don't even look real, and that's because they. Sketch of a snake. Exactly. It looks like taxidermy gone wrong. <laughs> you know, like where someone just didn't get the memo on where eye, eye placement should have been for a snake. Yo, yo if there is a mighty creator, <laughs> that dude's a tripping when he makes Yeah, and they have a bit of a flat head, so you know, so that they kind of can lay very calm. I also got kind of irked because I'm like, man, can you imagine if you're like walking around, you just step, step on, on a snake, right? <laughs> oh my god. But just know that this is what they look like. I love the bottom level one. This one is my favorite image. It looks like you asked Drunk Gloria to draw you a snake. <laughs> it's a bit Muppet looking. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you can totally apply Muppet voices to these. I'm going for thunkering, okay? <laughs> It just goes. And now it's a meme. <laughs> but anyway, so that's... better than two. <laughs> and now you know why Victoria chose this for Gloria. <laughs> the maturity level is right on there. <laughs> but anyways, that's it. That's the Arabian sand boa. These guys are not endangered species, thank God. So they will continue to bring joy for everyone but bugs and geckos. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Amazing, right? Look at that one. It looks like it's smiling. I just want to label this. Ah, uh, yes, I am fear predator. <laughs> like, I am a handsome being. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So that's the break. Let's get back to meet part two. And in meet part two, we are focused on shopping and how to find the right sunscreen for you. Yes, we know it's a lot of questions that uh, a lot of questions people have. Mm-hmm. There's so many sunscreen on the market. And honestly, it feels like 
even though there's so many options, people are generally dissatisfied with the sunscreen they buy. Totally. So step one is definitely looking for the right SPF range. Yep. And we're going to start off with the most simplest thing that you already know, and that's we recommend shopping for anything between an SPF 30 and a 50. Um, that's going to cover about 97, 96.5 to 98% of UVB. Remember, SPF is only about UVB. The reason why is because UVB is the main one that's linked to skin cancer. So you already know this, but you only need to look for this specific range. Yes, and while saying a lot of zones, 50 plus uh, ratings are not even legal. So I would say... I personally, whatever I choose, I now kind of t- lean towards a 50. Yep. Especially given our test, I know that I am even worse at underapplying than Victoria is. So a higher SPF rating kind of balance helps a little bit of that, but you should still be aiming to apply enough. Yeah, and I was actually going to add fun fact. forgot to mention this before. Corey and I actually did um, an initial blind application study a long, long time ago. Yes. Um, just to see how we applied sunscreen. And both of us missed the same spot, <laughs> which was so funny. We missed the spot in between our eyebrows and where our nose is. For some reason, you just <laughs> saw this <laughs> <laughs> But we both missed that. I don't know why. It's so strange. You know I want to apply sunscreen? I do like this number, yeah. this number. I remember to go under my yeah. eyebrows and then... <laughs> The Bermuda Triangle yeah. where sunscreen disappears. So my frown line is I caused this. It is not, you know, necessarily my skin. It's me not protecting that area. Yeah. So just fun fact. But anyway, so that's um, UVB. Of course, UVA is the one that a lot of people are now really caring about because they know that it's linked to a lot of those photo damage, skin concerns that we don't love, you know, the deep uh, wrinkles, the you know, texture, uh, texture the pigmentation. Yeah, and we love the Asian PA++ system. Yeah, um, and in the U.S., all you get is a broad spectrum level. So dated. Just broad spectrum, yay! But it doesn't really tell you how much UVA you're being protected from. Yeah. And we actually think that it is pretty important. So in Asia, they use the PA system mm-hmm. that kind of gives you a gauge for how much UVA rates being uh, that you're protected from. And mm-hmm. Unlike SPF, between the difference between a 30 and a 50 is only a couple percent of UVB yeah. uh, protection. The PA plus systems, each plus is actually a pretty big gap. Yeah. So we recommend looking anywhere between. So you have PA plus, one single plus to four pluses. We recommend three pluses to four pluses because you're looking for three pluses. It's actually 87.5 to 93.5 eight percent of uva and then the four pluses is 93.8 percent and higher um and we think that really can cover pretty much most of what you're looking for mr alba i have a question yeah yeah yeah. just please 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 so in in the eu a lot of times they also just not a lot of times they also have their version of just like a uva protection sticker totally why do we not poo poo on that versus poo pooing on the fda version of broad spectrum well my 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 gloria (laughs) that's because the fda just sucks and is everyone shitting (laughs) sorry (laughs) sorry fda we love you (laughs) no it's a really good point you know a lot of times you know everyone harps on the fda and gloria and i always talk about how the poor poor fda can be 
funded sometimes and suddenly very underfunded in different terms. And so, you know, the sunscreen saga never ends. I don't think they can catch a break, so. Yeah, and I'll just say that for those of you who love European sunscreens, even though they don't have the, they don't typically use a PA system, their baseline to get their broad spectrum claim is higher than the FDA broad spectrum claim. Um, Other claims you might want to consider other than your broad spectrum slash SPF values, maybe anything that involves your lifestyle, such as water resistance, any indications of wear time, and those are all pretty important. Uh, earlier in, in the previous episode, we answered questions about whether or not you need a different SPF for your eye area. We said no. My personal recommendation is I really prefer more sporty sunscreen on really swampy, sweaty days or when you go yeah. outside because they're much better at resisting um, sweat or just general like water resistance. So it's less likely for your sunscreen to run into your, uh, into your eyes as you're wearing it. Yeah, I think one thing to know is that um, in the U.S. and actually in a lot of the Western countries, you won't be able to find sweat-resistant claims, um, which is why a lot of times you have to rely on the water-resistant claims. Fun fact, we looked into it, but it turns out that if you have water on top of a film versus water underneath a film, completely different reactions happening, completely different ways the film will wear. This is where sometimes like Gore and I will want to look to Asian, especially Japanese sunscreens, where they get a little more creative with their claims. Mm-hmm. They do things like clothing wear, wear off on the skin, mm-hmm. and even sweat claims. Um, they're also, a lot of the Asian sunscreens are meant for humidity yes. um, and humid climate. So that's where, you know, if you feel like, you know, sometimes we'll have like even athletes ask us like, oh, what should I do? I feel like I'm still getting sunburned. We would start pushing them towards that direction. Biore has a red line. Yes. It's called athleism. That, Speaking to a very specific client. <laughs> that sunscreen, I don't know how they did it, yeah. is insane. I don't love the texture because it's super... Oh, it's, it's powdery. Very powdery. I don't like powdery finishes, but it works really, really well. I've taken it to beaches before, and it's so powdery that... It's to a point where I can't even quite tell because it kind of makes my finger less tactile sensitive. Because <laughs> it coats my I'm fingers. I'm losing too. senses. I'm like, is there, is there product here? I can't tell. I can't feel with my fingers. <laughs> but my sunscreen habits, I leave the beach just a hint more tan, but nothing crazy. I won't get burned or anything because I do wear sunscreen. But that day, I left the beach with zero tan light, nothing, nada, not a hint of me getting even a hint darker. And I forgot to reapply. Yeah, and so, I think they expanded that line too. So Yes, yeah, I got the face version of it. I am about to put it preview. We're about to put a lot of new sunscreens to the test yeah. in May. So I'm about to maybe take it to a boxing class or something. <laughs> yeah, totally. So those are some claims to look for. You need to th- consider your lifestyle, you know, um, and kind of the scenarios that you know you might be using or i guess being active in mm-hmm. so um those can all factor into how you shop for a sunscreen but actually let's now get into filters because we know there's mineral we know there's chemical but now a rising category is hybrids of both mineral and chemical danger i don't want to touch it i don't want to <laughs> do it or very very briefly gloria just very briefly okay so first things first the case for mineral. None. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> well, I will say, um, 
As you can see, it's not my personal favorite, but titanium dioxide and zinc oxide is what a lot of sure. derms or a lot of um, health providers will point you toward mm. to if you have very sensitive skin. Compromised skin, for sure. Yes. Yeah. It's not uh, a guarantee, though, I'll say, because sunscreen formulas can be a little complex. Totally. And also, you know, what no one really wants to touch is that uh, minerals come in various particle sizes, and that can also throw a wrench into everything. So we would say that, you know, if you are struggling with the chemical category, as there are a lot of solvents in there that sometimes don't work for compromised skin, definitely worth a shot um, to go um, use your zinc oxides and titanium dioxides. I will say, I think a couple years ago, mm -hmm. at this point, maybe four or five years ago, mm -hmm. there was a lot of drama on nano. Yep. Like, ooh, nano's bad, nano's like too small, it gets in the blushing, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And that got squashed so fast because they realized people don't like applying paste on it. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, wait, maybe nano's not so bad. We tossed it under the bus way too soon. Come back. Exactly. You let me tell you, the life of a sunscreen chemist, very hard. If you tell us that we don't have to work with these with a whole chunk of a category anymore, we will gladly do it. But you may not like it. Yep, yep. Uh, anyways, from mineral, we have the chemicals, which obviously Corey and I love just because of the array of textures um, that you can get, um, especially if you're having trouble with white cast, mm -hmm. I would say. And also, this is where, you know, oily skin types can really benefit because it's hard enough to want to put one more layer of stuff on our face. But this has a really high probability of finding something that you would like. Yes. And more so than even just chemical filters that's available in the U.S., mm -hmm. international filters can give you even yes. a wider range of textures. Mm -hmm. You can stray away from that greasy classic sunscreen Able feel benzone benzone salt <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then finally we'll touch on hybrid very briefly and we'll say this is a really weird one for us because filters don't necessarily like each other you know um and so in terms of recommendation we see this really as that third option if you dabbled in mineral you haven't found anything you like mm -hmm. dabble in chemicals also really struggling it could be that sometimes it's just you need there's certain situations on both sides that just don't work and sometimes a hybrid category can find that you know in terms of a lighter texture than mineral but maybe you don't really do well with an avobenzone you never know so this is where that we kind of see it as like really for like as a hail mary and don't really know what else to try yeah and i want i will say that hybrids is a category where i don't love in asian sunscreen because i'm starting yeah. to see it come up in brands like alley yes. they have zinc blend yes and i will say because in i think in a lot of asian countries appearing a little bit pale is considered attractive mm -hmm. so they are a-okay with a little bit of a white cast yes so i find that the hybrid formulas they tend to lean into that a little bit more because you added powders yeah because you already have that titanium dioxide or zinc oxide in there so i actually even on me it can look just a hint too white mm -hmm. so if you're looking for hybrid sunscreens i would recommend maybe not going for those no that's a really good point and i think the other reason for hybrids is reef safe sunscreens trying to find a way around this claim but also being able to create textures that mm, a little bit more appealing than mm -hmm. your true minerals. And 
we're not gonna get into this can of worms as much as you want us to. <laughs> <laughs> we're closing we're the trying camp to now. keep it sealed, but basically, we're gonna say, you know, obviously follow your local regulation. If you're going to Hawaii, still follow those rules. It is okay to use to want to use a mineral if you're gonna be snorkeling in the coral reefs, you know. But if you are thinking that. Let's say you live in Minneapolis and you're worried that your sunscreen use is hurting the coral leaf. We can tell you that you don't really have to worry about that yet. There's just not enough understanding all around for us to understand uh, many other factors that are impacting our oceans. So until you know. Minnesota becomes an ocean from city <laughs> in about 20 years, then, then we can worry. probably not the biggest problem. <laughs> Yeah, the beautiful beach house in San Paulson. It's morbid. <laughs> anyway, so that's why we want to say, you know, it's we just don't want people to stress too much because what we've noticed is um, all good research takes time. Mm-hmm. It first started out with, you know, a couple main chemical filters and is now really started stretching into minerals that are being scrutinized. So oh, closing the <laughs> You're right, right. We're moving on. But basically just say like, you know, jury's still out. All right. (laughs) The next is a rule that we should definitely put on a t-shirt or something, which is texture is king. Everything we talked about, about weighing out the sunscreen, making sure you're applying enough, the the claims, the SPF value. None of that matters if you don't want to use it. And the reality is there are a lot of garbage sunscreen textures out there. Uh, I think uh, someone who's a little drier, I'm a little bit more tolerant of a heavier, slightly greasier texture. And there are so many sunscreens out there that even I'm like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you don't like it, I guarantee you're not going to put it on your face. And this is why we give that range of SPF 30 to SPF 50 because, you know, if you can wear an SPF 30 religiously every day and reapply, mm-hmm. That's going to carry you further than some SPF 50 that you think you're supposed to use and is supposed to be better. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm kind of putting on the cooler a little bit because in the stick formula, and this is not even just a cooler thing. I've never used a stick that I really love. Totally agree. It's meant to be convenient to reapply. And travel friendly. And travel friendly. And I know based on the way we're already majorly under-applying, but I want to apply even less because I'm just not a fan of this texture. Totally. Yeah, agreed. So definitely prioritize texture over anything else Mm -hmm. in a way. And then we wanted to talk about uh, another thing that, of course, is very realistic to every user is layering of sunscreen. Yes. A lot of times what happens is people... They want to apply sunscreen and then they'll put foundation on. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard for us to, um, I guess, visualize this um, in the sunscreener device that we Mm -hmm. use. We we tried, but it's once you have, because foundations have pigments too, the iron oxide appears really weird on the sunscreener. And Mm -hmm. obviously it's not a super sophisticated machine. So it was just really hard for us to assess that. Yeah. So what we then did was apply, use a very dimethicone heavy moisturizer on top to kind of give you an idea of like what would that look like if you mixed with some sort of dimethicone formula which is actually a lot of foundations Mm -hmm. and in that result we saw you know upon drying you see the kind of streaks that you're creating by um, applying that over your sunscreen so this is where we want to make the case for tinted 
Now, I think three, four years ago, tinted Caterroy was pretty lame. It was like not great texture. Um, You sacrifice texture for coverage or, you know, just really haven't found that sweet spot. But what we have noticed is that this category is definitely improving and there's definitely more um, out there for us to try that we have on our list. Mm -hmm. In fact, we're really excited about K-Skincare that's launching. They're doing a lot of tinted work there. So um, we would say this is rounding out to be a more um, uh, probable category as an alternative to layering all these. Yes. And I will say that when I got married, yeah. my when I went for my makeup trial, the makeup artist was like, oh, he shows like, you have anything in your face? I'm like, oh, no, 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 no makeup, just sunscreen. And she, could, she went, I'm taking off your sunscreen. I was like, why? <laughs> it was really sunny that day. I was like, why? She's like, <laughs> You can take one day of UV UV damage <laughs> because that is not gonna look good with You're the like, foundation. No, yeah. no. So it's not even just like a damage yeah. your sunscreen thing. It's just a lot of these formulas they don't really play super well totally, together. Totally. They don't look very good in pictures. And I will say this when I go back to my number one non-sunscreen sun tip, which is tint your car windows. <laughs> <laughs> if you must go somewhere and you cannot layer, you have to have not have your foundation. Tint is not an option. Layering is not a go. Other methods especially in a method if you will yeah i know that's a really good point if you are starting to notice that your sunscreen is pilling or yeah. your foundation is pilling do not think that if my foundation is pilling my sunscreen still works it's usually a congeal of both and You're loving on each other <laughs> exactly so it means that you know there's definitely incompatibility that's a definitely not a good sign and it would be time to troubleshoot to prevent that from happening yes cool of course, we're going to, you know, summarize with just, you know, formula types, what's the best modalities versus ones we don't love, Gloria. <laughs> of these sunscreens that we tested on this run, I think my favorite is actually this, the mm-hmm. super fluid. Uh, you will see on the chart here that I was majorly, majorly under applying this, <laughs> but I will say after doing the weight test, I was a I was a reformed woman. Instead of doing the, uh, <laughs> <Repent> the <laughs> yes, I was like, oh damn, I should I should do better because this was my go to uh, re- in the recent month. So I kind of try like putting it in the palm and weighing it and kind of have a visual for how much is enough. But this is actually awesome. It dries down really really fast into you can feel the film, and you might say, well, don't you like. Filminess is not what I'm looking for in sunscreen, but once the film is set, it actually disappears. It's like yeah. a very clean finish at the end. So this is by far my favorite. And for podcast listeners, that's the Bior UV Aqua Rich Fluid. So it should look like a blue Pill bullet. Bullet case. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and I guess my next uh next favorite is the Laneige Hydro UV Defense. Mm-hmm. This one's a classic. Yeah, a classic. I don't love it love it but at the same time there's nothing wrong with it i'll reach for it it's a it's a fine daily sunscreen Mm -hmm. um just generally speaking this type of sunscreen format is a classic and you can't go wrong totally i think i just want to say i hate sunscreen and dropper bottles like (laughs) i don't understand the purpose of this and it's you could have the consistency could have been you know as fluid as something like this 
and it's just application wise it's just so cumbersome <laughs> so i would say this like of of the formats like droppers are my least favorite mm-hmm. um and then i would say you know i know gloria really liked the foam but i would use the foam sunscreens for body versus oh, face mm-hmm. and i think that works really well for me and i feel like it's kind of fun putting on, which is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. Delicious. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I I don't mind this texture, the EV sunscreen moves texture yeah. at all on my face, but it is tackier. Yeah. It almost dries down a little bit like the Bior that I like, but it doesn't wholly go away. True. But at the same time, it's not sticky like the stick one that I already <laughs> poo-pooed on three times already. So four times a charm. I still hate this film. I can catch flies with this. So as you can tell, sticks are not our favorites. And we would say sprays are kind of that one when you're in a pickle. You went to the beach. Mm-hmm. You are hiking. It, I can definitely say putting on a foam sunscreen after sweating for three hours. It's just disgusting. <laughs> feels pretty <laughs> gross. Um, just over apply. Definitely make sure you're rubbing it in with your hands after. Um, so that would probably be the other thing to add. And in terms of sprays, it actually leads us to the other thing is sunscreen for kids. Danger, danger, danger. <laughs> <laughs> I am leaving the building. Well, you know, kids hate sunscreens more than we do. That's true. <laughs> it smells fun, un- funky. Like feels it's gross. Feels gross. Makes them icky. Um, so... We would say, you know, totally understand why, you know, um, parents gravitate towards sprays just to chase their kids down a little easier. And also don't forget sunscreen clothing mm-hmm. um, and UV protected clothing that can also go a long way. And then price. I think that's the last thing. Yeah. Last but not least, price consideration. Sunscreen <laughs> should be a pretty price agnostic category. Yeah. Ultimately, you can have, um, if the claims check out, you can find a great sunscreen at the drugstore level. Mm-hmm. You can also find great sunscreens at the luxe level. So the only thing that comes in when you're talking about really luxe, like $50, $60, $70 sunscreen is that are you going to subconsciously want to apply it less? Are you going to make it last a little longer because mm-hmm. it's hefty priced? Um, I would say that's a thing for me. I, I'm definitely guilty of that. So I don't love, I, I want sunscreens that I can just like squeeze out. And I'm definitely very guilty of like, if I'm at the end of, especially with Asian sunscreens, they're not the most expensive. They're more medium priced. At the end of the tube, I'm like, oh no, I'm not going back to Asia for another two months. I was rushing this out. Yeah, and it's not the right mentality to have with sunscreen at all. So if price becomes a limiting factor in terms of that, then I would say it's not worth it. Yeah, I think um, there's one mineral that I love but is so expensive is the Murad City Defense SPF 50 fluid. It's the one mineral that I can tolerate, but it's like 60 bucks a pop. And I can definitely tell you, I'm not paying for that full price as nice of a texture that is. And if especially if I can get an Asian drugstore brand for half that cost or even less, I'm perfectly fine. And also think about like if you feel the need to ration it out because it's so expensive, that's definitely not the way to go, especially with this category. I feel Mm -hmm. like. Yeah, totally. All right. So that about wraps it up for (gasps) all of our shopping tips. Mm -hmm. All of our application notes. Yes. Hopefully you guys feel... uh, More comfortable with three fingers. (laughs) 
or two very loaded in fingers in sunscreen <laughs> manner. <laughs> All right, guys. Right. We gotta go. Anyways, <laughs> hopefully, you know exactly what you need for this summer. You are prepared. Your sunscreen habits are sharpened and good to go. If you have any questions, uh, where can they find us, Gloria? You can find us on our website at chemistconfessions.com. You can write to us at info at chemistconfessions. DM us on Instagram at chemist.confessions. How many <laughs> times can you say chemistconfessions in one go? Or comment directly on this video. And we will see you guys next week. We are still, there's still more sunscreen content to come. Yep. So if there is a, if, let us know what your holy grail is. If there's a product you want us to trial, let us know. And Definitely. we'll add it to the list. Thank you guys. We hope you enjoy and we'll see you next time for Acne. Oh no! <laughs> Bye guys. Bye. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I know we just ended the episode, but come back. What about powder sunscreen? They suck. That's it. Bye bye guys. Bye. <laughs>